0: It's time for This Week in WordPress, episode number 167, entitled Elephant in the Room. It was recorded on Monday the 14th of June 2020. As always, I'm joined by my co-host Paul Lacey as we talk about the WordPress news for this week. But also this week, I'm joined by Kate DeRozier and Bernard Grenot. There's quite a lot that we get into. WordPress 5.8 Beta 1 has come around and so we discuss that. We also discuss an article all about whether WordPress ought to have an Apple-esque app store. We also get into the subject of whether acquisitions are getting a bit too much. Are there too many happening all the time at the moment, or is this just a demonstration of maturation in the WordPress space? We have a plugin section that we've introduced, and we talk about the new Fluent Forms 4.0 release. We also get into the Assistant Pro plugin by Beaver Builder, which Paul has a lot of insight into, and SiteGround's SG Security plugin. Newsletter Glue have given... WP Builds listeners, a 15% discount so you can find out about that. And finally, we introduce our pick of the week section with some surprises, all about elephants. It's all coming up next on This Week in WordPress. This Week in WordPress was brought to you by A-B Split Test. Do you want to set up your A-B Split Test in record time? The new A-B Split Test plugin for WordPress will have you up and running in a couple of minutes. Use your existing pages and test anything against anything else. Buttons, images, headers, rows, anything. And the best part is that it works with Elementor, Beaver Builder, and the WordPress block editor. Go check it out and get a free demo at absplittest.com. This week in WordPress, back for episode number 167. Um, I'm really glad that you've come here. If you fancy just being really kind and generous then go to this URL. I don't know if you're uh, currently watching it on this URL. And just share it somewhere. You know, just stick it in your Facebook feed or your Twitter and just say, look, there's a live thing happening right now and it's got lovely people. Well, three lovely people and Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> so... couple so of
1: lovely and- people. Yeah,
0: yeah, three really <laughs> nice people. And then this other guy from the UK, he's in the top. Left, right, I don't know. Anyway, that would be really kind. If you want to share that, I'd be most appreciative. As always, we do the show 2pm UK time, and as always, I'm joined by Paul Lacey. How are you doing, Paul?
2: Doing good, thank you. Doing good. I think I had a bit of heat stroke over the weekend, though. I'm I'm not good in the heat. And, uh, yeah we, um, we yeah, had we had and lots funny. and
0: lots of heat here as well. I went actually to the beach at about 5 pm mm-hmm. and I couldn't cope with the amount of heat it was the it was the apocryphal 25 degrees centigrade in Yorkshire which you know we never get anything in 25 so I uh, I went to the beach and sat with my kids and it was really nice. Anyway, we're not here to talk about that um, Paul, would you mind introducing today's guests?
2: Absolutely. Um, well, first time new guest uh we have Kate. And so Kate is a meetup and WordCamp organizer and is also half of the team behind Hero Press and also the marketing lead for Big Orange Hearts WordFest. So that's pretty much a lot of stuff already, but that's not everything. Because mm-hmm. this has all led to her new role at WP Buffs as community manager. So and also, uh, you're the other half of um, TOFA.
3: I am. Yep, yeah. For, it'll be 23 years this year. So wow. um, it's, it's crazy.
2: <laughs> you, need to smile, you need to smile and sound really excited when you say that as well. Like, it's been 23 <laughs> years. <laughs> <laughs> no, we know you both love each other very much. But that's, that's great to hear about. I did hear about that you've started at DOI Buffs. And I'm I'm not sure if you you've you know fully got um started on that yet. But what does that new role in involve? Cause Dopey Buffs is like a maintenance mm-hmm. uh company. It's like a WordPress yep. maintenance company. So what does like a community manager do in there?
3: So I'm running um a couple different hat wearing a couple different hats. Um I'm doing content work because I'm a, a writer first. Like that's my my first set of skills. Um and then as the community manager, I'm working um like the They're allowing me time to continue working on Wordfest. because I was, you know, certainly already there, and they're a big proponent for Big Orange Heart. Um, we're building out some new community resources around the WPMRR podcast, podcast, um, helping the WordPress community learn more and find their own monthly recurring revenue, which we all know is so vital to keeping a business running. Um, so we're building out a community for that to keep a free community for people to be involved in, um, and and. I just started ramping up um, planning for the next WPMRR virtual summit. So I'm planning two summits at the time and building a community and writing things and then all the other stuff. So it's um, it's been a, a busy dive into uh, really full-time work. So it's uh, a lot of changes, but good. And um, things I'm pretty excited about, like it, it really, I really value, you know, we've been longtime contractors. so has been building websites since 1995, I like to say before the internet had pictures. And so, you know, I understand really how what a struggle it is to try to keep a business running when you're working project by project. So anything that allows you to bring in some recurring stable income just makes the future for everybody, like the entire WordPress ecosystem becomes so much stronger as we build in these systems that help lift everybody up.
2: Absolutely. I, first of all, I feel super lazy at this moment. And yeah. then secondly, And I can totally say that if I didn't have recurring income from, wordpress care plans i'd probably be in some trouble right now actually i'd be um working all the hours doing projects every single night and stuff so totally looking forward to where's that community going to be is it going to be a facebook community or something like circles or something
3: we're going to use circle so i've actually been a part of a couple of different circle communities um we so like for hero press we're also building a community and we'll build Mm -hmm. that one out in um i think we're actually going to use uh BuddyPress to do that one. So, I mean, there's the two different ways to go. If you've got the resources or a developer who can't turn things over to other people, you know, then you go the build-it-yourself route. But if you're really looking for something to just implement quickly on your own without going through the build process, something like Circle is really pretty ideal. It's got a nice, comfortable interface. It's not as clunky as trying to work through Facebook. You get to own more of, you know, you, you don't have as much ownership of the platform as if you had built it yourself, but you have more than something like Facebook which can be so chaotic at times
2: one last question sorry before we move on because I'm just interested why um why you would use buddy press <clears throat> on one system and then circles on another I mean my preference would be because I've used buddy press well it's been a long long time ago since I used it and I found it very difficult to work with but I know it's probably moved on a lot since then but then I've also worked with circles and that was like the easiest thing I've ever used to manage. So, is there a, like a reason why someone would choose BuddyPress? For it is like a specific thing. You've already got some members or something. Or
3: um, one is that I'm married to an old developer who really likes to do things from scratch. <laughs> yep. Um, another one is that at the moment, HeroPress isn't funded, so um, no, we yeah. need we need a, a we need an option that's uh, <clears throat> we need an option that's sustainable down the road that doesn't require. Um, a monthly fee and like the monthly fee for circle is really pretty reasonable you know if particularly if you're charging membership or you know any of that is it's a a nice quick easy way to get your website or get your community up and running but if you don't have income coming in you know you want to look at other options
2: got it that makes a lot of sense. Yeah,
3: and, and while with the the buffs one, we are like with the WPMRR community, it is going to be free and open. It still has the power of buffs behind it, helping mm-hmm. to cover. You know, which yeah. which we all know Month- that you well, know yeah. those those monthly bills aren't always big. But if you're you know a family trying to support it, mm-hmm. as opposed to a business trying to support it, it, it's a very different thing. So
2: that's the lovely thing about WordPress. You can give it a go. If it doesn't mm-hmm. work out, you can try and raise the money somehow and pay for circles instead but right
3: exactly yeah,
2: yeah. cool right uh the other guest we've got today is a uh, pretty regular guest bernard greno of uh works also for pods and also he has his own company called mqd uh which i think with mqd you do websites for people i think that's what you do isn't it yeah uh, a
1: little bit of website it. a little bit of uh, yep. ci or or whatever so but the smaller stuff and and mm-hmm. uh, care a little bit of
2: it's it's like yeah yep and you also uh help run your family's hot chocolate drink business belgian <laughs> hot chocolate and um and also something people should know about bernard is that he's obsessed with elephants and that is no. not actually a joke um i can't see him today but whenever you see bernard on a live stream always Look in the background and see how many elephants you can spot as a little game, because they're there. I, they're there. I, I'm going <laughs> to drop
0: a little bit of a what's it called, like a cliffhanger. We've elephants are featuring in this podcast, true, but not not the PHP kind of elephants. But uh, yeah, just <laughs> yeah, stay, stay Yeah, with... yeah those,
1: those elephants are just not really uh, not that crazy. But uh, as a child, I liked to collect them. Maybe because the company logo from my father was an elephant. I'm not sure, but maybe related. And uh, so you collect them over time, and I always found it boring if people just buy anything to get a gift because they don't know what to buy, and it's far easier if they know. Okay, you prefer some elephants, and then you get them in all kinds of shapes and 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 stuff, and then it's funny, and then you have a theme. So it's 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 it's, it's not like an obsession, but it's 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 a nice thing, and. Recently, I got from Scott uh, two PHP elephants, which I can't show off now because I haven't taken them with me. So it's it's lovely.
0: <laughs> You're missing the elephants. There's no. Also,
2: wearer of cool T-shirt. Today, yeah, as well, I can see. I yeah, don't know that what that is. says, but it's it's uh, it looks pretty colourful, just like yeah, your personality. Yes. But for, for those people
0: it's, who
1: are it's, not, I should be paid for it because that's a brand. The Seagull is. I don't know if if you know them, but in Austria, they're quite quite. well-known for their funny T-shirts and stuff like that. I like colors in the life because gray and dark is is boring. And I don't don't want to be boring. (laughs) Nice Uh, one, Nathan. uh, I've got got gray and dark.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm
0: boring. uh, (laughs) That's it. I've been consigned to the rubbish bit of history.
2: Bernard has been... Turned off and silenced on this. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I'm going to click the button (laughs) which silences it. Yeah. Or is there
0: a black and white filter? Can we actually, in some way, make him go sepia or something?
1: (laughs)
2: Careful. I know he has got the filters. Yeah, no, no, no. no. He's been pressing the buttons right. Um,
0: Speaking (laughs) of, I'm just going to go back to Kate's point where she was talking about growing community. I, I don't really talk about this one much, but I did drop it in in the WP Builds Facebook group. We're trying out, or I am trying out Mastodon. Which is an open source kind of Twitter clone, and uh, if you fancy signing up for that, I am going to start mentioning it because there's about thirty people in there now, and it's starting to get a bit of a bit of life. And I've met some people in there that I definitely haven't met on Facebook or Twitter, um, and so that's quite nice. And you can you can find that by going to wpbuilds.social, and you can just download the Mastodon software. I can't remember what the URL is, but if you just type in Mastodon. On uh, on Google or whatever, you'll find it. It's got a, like an icon of an of an elephant, and um, so we keep coming back to to elephants. That's yeah. not That's the only
2: weird. elephant reference. There's there's more.
0: There, there is more. more. There's more. That's not the one I was mentioning earlier. <laughs> so. gonna be, there is going to be more elephants
1: because and, elephants are great. Just yeah, acknowledge yeah. it.
0: Yeah, it's all good. Yep. So thank you to Rick for showing up. Really appreciate your, your presence here. Really like that. Scarbados. Uh, that's where I live. I don't live in Scarbados. I live in Scarborough, but it's described as Scarbados. Um, <laughs> oh, Cameron, <laughs> would you say that Bernard's obsession is the elephant in the room? Kaching, Nice. Thank you. Mastodon sounds like one of those Transformer toys. It, it's so good, Chris. Go and download it. You can stick it on a DigitalOcean droplet or something. Mm. It's basically got everything that Twitter's got. But the nice thing is you can do what's called federation. So you can take your Twitter instance and you log in over there, and then you can federate it with other Mastodon instances. And so you can sort of combine your efforts, and you can share hashtags and things like that. Or you can just stay completely autonomous and have no no sharing facility whatsoever. It's entirely up to you. So all of these little installs of Mastodon can create a bigger – they call it the Fediverse – and um and it's great, it's really nice. So anyway, go and join it. Uh what was it again? One last time. It was that one, wpbuilds.social. We should probably get on with the actual main event, shouldn't we? Because we're um we're sort of we're about 20 minutes in and we haven't actually <laughs> talked about the WordPress news, but it's been fun. So that's what we're here for. Each week we uh we talk about the WordPress news. If you want to make a comment, you can either join the Facebook group or go to wpbuilds.com forward slash live. If you're over in the Facebook group, you'll need to drop your, well, unless you have done and you haven't cleaned your cookies out, you'll need to click a StreamYard link in the actual thread of, that I wrote um, a little while ago. It says StreamYard.com forward slash something, and you have to click that. Otherwise, we don't know who you are. Um, and if you've got any comments or anything like that, feel free to just drop them in, and we'll try to put as many on the screen as we possibly can. Right. With that being said, let's head over to this. I won't bother doing this one because we all know that WP Builds is a website. What we'll do is we'll go straight to this one. WordPress 5.8 is just around the corner, not that far away. And 5.8 Beta 1 has been announced. And I had, over the last few weeks and months, kind of got this, you know, I've been following the WordPress news like I do, and I hadn't really got a grip with how big... 5.8 5.8 is going to be and i think it's going to be a really really big release this article of course i will link it link to it in the show notes that we push out tomorrow morning but um normally these beta release things there's just just a few little bits but this goes on for really quite a long way um and but the things to mention are the highlights if you like and if you want to test them these are the things they're looking for they've got new some nice new blocks they've got the page list The site title, logo, tagline. Obviously, this is all to do with full site editing. They've got a powerful query loop block. Um, there 's also a nice, easier way to sort of nest blocks within blocks, and if you 're familiar with a like a page builder like Beaver Builder or Elementor or something like that, the UI seems to be skewing in that direction in that you can drag things around and it 's easier to find where they are and also things that you 're interacting with now have little rectangles around them so that you can see what you 're interacting with, which in the past has been much more difficult there 's a view list. Reusable bro- blocks have been in, in the creation of them has been improved. The duotone block, which we talked about last week, um, there's some handpicked patterns which they're going to drop in as well. That Seems to be a, a work very much in progress, um, and some better tools. Um, Internet Explorer 11 is going away. You can put blocks in widget areas, which might you know might excite people who are still using those sort of widgets all over the place. And, um, and then there's some instructions on this page about how to join in the testing of this, because obviously it's a beta. They want as many eyeballs on this as possible. And there's a bunch of improvements, which we won't get into because I'm, I'm more interested in all the new stuff that's coming along. But it does seem like a pretty, pretty weighty release. You can find it over at wordpress.org forward slash news. Um, but as I said, I'll link to this in the show notes. And I'll just open the floor. I'll take this off the screen and say if anybody wants to just go for it and tell me what they're interested in, go for it.
2: I can say, because um, uh, me and Nathan, uh, we we both have a different view on the block editor in Gutenberg. And we, we're always always talking about this. Um, I've flipped between I'm kind of okay with it and then I'm not okay with it. And I'm currently in the camp of it's giving me headaches and (sighs) I don't like it that much. I'm back in that camp. And one of the reasons was, and Nathan knows about this, I actually tried to build a site with the block editor last week. I was like, right, I'm going to give it a go. And um, I was using uh, Toolset because uh, I I needed to... (gasps) Sorry, Bernard. I needed to... um, (laughs) Achieve some archive views and stuff like that. There was very low um, uh, importance on this particular project. It, I didn't have any major deadline. I could just play around with it. So it was, let's just see how this goes. And um, so I used Toolset because I know that they've got one of the, you know, the kind of um, block archives and single post views and stuff like that that you can do fully with blocks. So I really wanted to embrace blocks, and mostly it went wrong. And um, some things just didn't simply work in Toolset, so I was a bit disappointed about that, but I think that they will probably sort that out. Um, as Nathan knows, we couldn't get the um, an image in the archive to to be dynamically collect, connected to the feature image, but you could connect that image to things like the author image or other random things. I think there so were three was, options, weren't there, that you could connect yeah, to, but We not just the couldn't do it. Image, we, yeah, yeah. we did clean installs, everything. And then I was um, trying to combine it with the cadence blocks because I needed a particular type of um, carousel and and the ca- all the cadence stuff worked fine. And then when I combined it with tool set, something with one or the other wasn't combining well with the other. And that got me really worried because I was like, is this the future that basically if you, you, you know, we're told that you can go and get all the blocks, but maybe they don't all work together actually so that was concerning i don't that's not no proof that that's exact that's actually the case it was just my that was my lived experience with the block editor and um so i I wasn't i was pretty frustrated and the more frustrated i got the more the actual user interface of the block editor was just just killing me and i was finding that because i look at it and i'm like okay that doesn't look like what my design does but okay I, i know it's sort of a bit like it it was like my brain was like, in like this every two two or three second cycle, like, don't remember, don't don't worry, it's not supposed to be exactly what it looks like. And then my brain would be like, hey, that doesn't look like my, no, don't worry, it's not <laughs> supposed to look, hang on, that doesn't, no, don't worry. It was like, oh, my brain is context switching between this is or isn't a uh, design at the moment. So that was just a temporary... um that was my first full attempt at the block editor outside of just using it for, and I switched back to Beaver Builder. <laughs> switched <laughs> back to Beaver Builder. Um, and so, so I've abandoned it for now and uh, just I'll come back to it again and try again in a couple of months. So from 5.8, one of the things, yeah, it could have been heat stroke actually, Peter, uh, just to see a comment there. One of the um, things I'm, I'm looking forward to from 5.8 is I see that they've done this outline thing with the interface so you can really see much better what it is that you're focusing on. Because Nathan, you'll know, and you're a fan of the block builder, when me and you were on a screen share last week and I was like, what am I clicking on? And you were like, I don't know, where's that thing gone? and it yeah. was abs- it was like a comedy wasn't it, it what admits. was
0: really interesting so paul and i tried to build this site for about 20 minutes what? i don't know about half an hour on friday yeah. just as an experiment to see if we could get it to work i i really had no idea what you were interacting with at least when it's on my screen i can i mm. can oh i'm kind of i clicked there but you were clicking too fast in bits that i didn't know but 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 there's a fix coming we've got this new block on well it's not like a new ui element in gutenberg yep. which shows everything and you can drag things and position them in there which is going to be really useful it's like a it's like the tree view that we've got at the moment only it just occupies the like like elementor does or beaver builder can it occupy and just fix to the side and it's just there, and you can move things up and down. And I've really wanted to be able to do that for ages, so I think this is going to be nice.
2: Yeah, do you know what? Um, I I would actually really like that if someone was smart enough to create like an expanded version of that tree view that looked that 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 showed you the columns as well and stuff like that. Yep. So I would be absolutely happy to not see my preview at all, and just have a more advanced kind of tree view ideally we've kind of columns in it and then I wouldn't be concerned all the time that the thing I was looking at didn't look like the thing I was trying to create. So, I mean, that's like old school Divi and all the old school page builders, they had that sort of wireframe view. And, um, so that, that new sidebar thing combined with the new highlighting are two big improvements. And I think the proof (coughs) will be in the pudding to actually just install it, try again, and see how it feels again. I think the block editor is like a see how it feels kind of thing. It's like you either great with it or you enjoy the challenge. Sometimes of trying. To <laughs> with it. That's a good way, wouldn't it? David Womsey I mean, said that. that was David Womsey just I mean, this morning on a Facebook comment.
1: Those things take time. I mean, if you mm. remember how Beaver Builder started out, or others, quite sure it takes time, but. I don't know, I still, you know my point, I still don't feel 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 that, that some things are going in the right direction. I mean, the interaction is fine and for news posts, it's super fine. And for long form content, of course, well, you write it down and you can do it. And for non-technical persons, especially because they can easily put it together. But once you can come to like you did with Toolset, I would have used Pods, of course. Uh, so structured content or stuff like that, where maybe I have a form to fill out and then display, I'm lost with 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 blocks because I don't know. It's, there's no really when there is some kind of pre pre formatted stuff like those those. Uh, I don't know how to, how they call them. Just slipped my mind. Uh, but there oh, is. <laughs> nothing in there or the the, those tiny sidebar for all the metadata i mean come on everybody needs to put a category or put uh, i don't know change the 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 time or, or the date or whatever or some other option and it's hidden in this tiny bar on the side and people don't really see it if they write it so if you're new to it it feels like it's, it's more hidden than the previous editor where you had your, the big block for your text and on the side the meta boxes and you could combine it. And that's what's missing for me for Gutenberg to make it really useful for a little bit more advanced projects where it's not just a block of text to write down like a blog post because it feels like it's, it's back to the days where, where WordPress was just for blog posts.
0: Uh, interesting. What do you think, Jake? You got any thoughts on this? Sorry, sorry, but yeah. I thought you um, finished. I apologize.
3: I I like that they're bringing out more blocks because um, I still find myself uh, like less and less um, wanting to switch back to classic editor to get some of the things that I need, um, and like I can understand how someone who's used to having more control over the build process would be really frustrated with the whole block system. Um, As someone who is not interested in the build process, not not incapable, but not interested. It's really nice to just be able to slide them around and put them places. Um, I found my favorite block. Like I didn't think I would like the blocks at all. And it recently was using uh, the cadence theme, which ties in with the block editor. And so there's, it, it allows someone like me who wants to have some design choices without really wanting to build a website to be able to fine tune a well-built theme without having to, um, you know, dive deep into code. And so it, I'm excited to see, like, I'm hoping that they'll only continue to go in good directions. You know, it's, it's a build process. You're going to, you know, like they're going to build good blocks and they're going to build bad blocks and they're going to try things and some of them are going to be great. And some of them are going to be awful. I mean, that's just how creating things works. And so um, I'm excited for the new things coming out. And I think Mm -hmm. they're going in a generally better direction overall for, for the average WordPress user. And I think there's always gonna be a place for the advanced WordPress user to find their own set of tools that fits them better, which is what they'll do anyway. You know, like there there isn't a developer out there that uses the same set of tools. Um, And there isn't, like, it's just, it's it's a highly customized environment anyway.
0: Mm. I feel annoyed that I didn't make the effort to get a screenshot of the new, I've forgotten the name of it already the new do, 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 list view the panel that can be I'm quoting um now uh introduces the list view a panel that can be toggled and helps navigate complex blocks and patterns I feel for me at least that's the most that most useful bit but also the query block I think the query loop block that will be quite interesting to see what power that brings and maybe Paul, that'll be the sort of thing that we were trying to do the other day and it just we just yeah. couldn't yeah yeah I'm not sure
2: because um but I think cadence is possibly i don't know if i've got this right but i've i think that cadence is going to do something like what generate press has done mm-hmm. so generate press has got that ability to potentially skip using something like toolset for you to be able to create archive and single post templates and stuff like that i think it's relatively simplistic at the moment but it's its first version mm-hmm. and i think this week if i get some time i'm going to have another go at what i was trying to do with generate press and uh, generate press blocks and see if that experience is a little bit better. And I think what it seems at the moment, because we are in really early days, so the idea of combining, you know, two big tools like Toolset and Cadence was potentially a recipe for disaster. But we did have the article last week from TalkMag about how many different, how these different agencies are embracing the block editor. And loads of them from the 15 interviewed, according to the article, we are combining tool set with something else and that's where I yeah. kind of got that idea and I do like tool set historically I used to use it quite a lot until um until I met Bernard I'm going to kind he, of quickly you know, pause wouldn't Bernard wouldn't leave me alone quickly. until I yeah. stop <laughs> using it and switch to pods <laughs>
0: the um yeah. the it was interesting Matt Mullenweg retweeted that that piece that 15 you know agencies moving over to to the Gutenberg editor. He retreated it this week, so he was obviously captivated by that mm. idea. Um, let's move on. Let's move on and talk about something a little bit different we've got. So the next few bits, I don't really know how to classify them. We're, we're going to do this whole thing in sections. <laughs> I do, I do the newsletter in sections, and Really don't know what this section might be called, but sort of slightly controversial topics might be might be a good way of describing it. And the first one comes from a website of somebody that I, I only came across, Jonathan, very recently. Um, and hopefully we'll get Jonathan on the show at some point fairly soon. But he's got this it, it, intriguing article called An App Store for WordPress, where he kind of breaks down... I, I would really encourage you to read this piece. You know, whether whether or not what I'm about to say really irritates you, or whether you're kind of for it or not, he breaks down the idea of wouldn't would this be a good idea? Would be would it be a good idea to have an Apple like App Store experience? But it's not kind of the way you might expect it. So he breaks down the WordPress user base into three sections. And again, you may disagree with this. Creators, extenders, and hosting providers. And then he goes into the problems that they all face and what what their success looks like. Then he goes on to talk about wouldn't it it be a nice idea to create some sort of um, curated app store that was kind of by default put in by the hosting providers and... I won't go into all the nuances of all of this, but I've got to say, I don't use an Apple device. And one of the things that I personally like to do with my Android device is kind of like sideload things on. So I find an app on the the F-Droid App Store and what have you. And, and But there's a lot of them that I do use the App Store for, but I've noticed on my Mac obviously you get this mac app store and you have to go through this extra hoop every time you want to download something from some third-party vendor you have to go through this extra hoop and unlock preferences make it so that you can actually install this because apple doesn't want you to do that my gut feeling is that this is not something i want to see i want to be able to go and download plugins from everywhere But I I do fully, I get the experience that he's talking about and the fact that people who are just consuming WordPress and don't want to be bamboozled by where on earth do I go to find the thing that I'm looking for, as opposed to, you know, is there there an app store where I can get the premium version? It's just going to show me all the premium versions in one hit. So really, open question, what do you think about this idea of a curated, host-installed app store? Go. (laughs)
1: <laughs> it's convenient for sure I mean, yeah i don't it, it, that's what the, those app stores are for and it makes it easier no don't i don't know you have over there the subscription and then you need over there the subscription to, to grab your license key and stuff like that so for sure i mean the details as you see with those monopole discussions for apple are never easy i mean it's it's uh, and i think it's it's difficult for such a diverse project to really get something like that, I'm not sure, because then there are the discussions and, and that, and, and who runs it and who decides it and all the, the things. Maybe as an add-on for the, the plugin repository like that you can at least have the premium versions directly from the from the store too. So maybe that's, that's an idea to go and many, uh, premium plugins have anyway a free version and you have somewhere link in there to get the premium version so it's not that difficult i don't know
0: yeah i think i think it's the just the impediment of you know you've got to go and you've got to go and try the free version first and if you're a newbie you may just want to like shell out the 50 dollars or whatever it is just look this one looks fine i'm just going to go with this as opposed to i'm going to try out 19 different things you, you know you've just heard good reports you just want to go and get it and you want all of your licenses to be locked in one place it's really controversial i have to say i i can't imagine it happening but um yeah intriguing i, I do yeah,
3: Oh, go ahead
1: especially if i, if I think about it uh, we are talking app store wise a few dollars three cents, sometimes more for Apple, less for Google. And we're talking about the average WordPress plugin. I'm sure about 50, 60, $70. So it's, it's a whole kind of different economy behind it and a whole different price tag. You have to think about it. So it's less like convenient. Oh, I don't mind the two euros per whatever.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah.
1: Kate.
3: So I think that a trusted store or, you know, a store with solid criteria that is giving you a way to evaluate these plugins, the premium plugins, is an ideal idea. Um, We've watched Envato try to do it and I've got some some problems with how Envato does theirs. Um, But I mean, it it is like for the average user, if we want to open WordPress up to more people to be able to use it, then we have to make it easier for them to find the things they need to find. Um, But I struggle with wanting my host to download it for me or my host to decide it for me. (laughs) And I struggle with wanting WordPress to be involved in it in any way. Um, because I feel like it's we've seen what they've done with the hosting list, um you know wordpress.org. Um, <laughs> it's you know, it's not like their their fingers should not be in the marketplace. you know, it's fine if they're you know building things and submitting them. like I believe everybody should be making money. and you know, but this is not something that WordPress should be involved in, and this is not something my host should be putting on my, website you know this is something that should exist that's findable that i can go access
0: yeah paul you had a really interesting i don't know if you remember what we spoke about on friday but you had a really curious idea for how it could be monetized in a way which everybody thought was fairly fairly benign
2: yeah well on friday i was a panelist on dopey tonic and just completely randomly jonathan wald was the other panelist alongside alongside me so i had a good chat with him. It was one of the discussion pieces on there. And the first thing he said was, um, you know, the the whole article is really just like, I don't have all the answers. I just wanted to put the idea out there and see who caught onto it and and who might, you know, think it's a good idea or a bad idea or have some ideas. And um, so he and uh, Spencer Foreman was the co-host alongside uh, with um, Jonathan Denwood. And Spencer was very strongly opinioned, as he always is, um, that this could never, ever happen because the powers <laughs> that be are automatic and Matt Mullenweg, etc., wouldn't allow it to happen. Um, so, but then what? that's when Jonathan was saying, well, I didn't mean necessarily that that's who would run it. And it could be that someone else, and he was, when he talked about the idea of the host side loading it, um, that wasn't necessarily that the hosts, again, owned it or anything like that. It was just that um, hosts onboard customers. And one of the big problems for WordPress is the whole onboard in that you can install it and you've read this blog post or something. <clears throat> and you go to the plugin directory installed on your site and you think, <clears throat> so am I going to get something? You just assume probably as a new user, I guess it's going to be a bit like Netflix or I guess it's gonna be a bit like the App Store and it will recommend some things to me that are, you know, useful to me based on some of the preferences I might have told it or some of the things I may have done before or something like that, or or whatever, as part of an onboarding. So and it also might say, you know, what kind of solution you're trying to do, and it would be quite happy to recommend that look, a premium solution is what you need here. You know, you can keep looking throughout the Uh, throughout the whole thing, but you need, you know, our community when they want to do this solution are choosing this plugin or this plugin, or here's a free one, or here's one with a 20% discount at the moment as well that's featured or something like that. And so there wasn't really a, a structure as to how it should work. I know Matt Medeiros has been talking about this for a number of years saying, you know, the WordPress needs some kind of, um, some kind of marketplace that isn't Envato because Envato was a, a different sort of model as to what Jonathan M- uh, Wild is talking about. And maybe, you know, obviously Automatic would, and Matt Mullenweg would probably have a big problem with the concept of this. But what if uh, it was a case that it was set up as some kind of thing with a board, a nonprofit, and it was all helping the developers and 5% of all revenue went back into WordPress core because WordPress has this thing called five for the future, which is encouraging companies who are involved in WordPress and, you know, hosting companies, that kind of thing to invest 5% of their revenue from WordPress related business back into WordPress core. So it helps everyone. So it probably, and again, there's all sorts of problems with my idea there, I imagine, but in terms of like, well, how could this happen? it's spencer foreman might say it can never happen but you could sort of say well what if we broke apart all the problems that say combined can never happen can we solve half of them in some kind of creative way and one of them might be this five for the future involvement and a, a completely changeable every uh board and it's a non-profit and as for the host side loading it that would be just their choice because this thing might exist on its own. And the host would be like, well, I think that that's a really good thing to add to our customers. And they can turn it off because it's just a plugin that connects to an API or something like that. I don't know. Um, all sorts of problems with my, my understanding, all sorts of problems with Jonathan Wald's original idea, problems with Spencer's uh, rejection of the idea. It's just the beginning of a discussion, really. I think, yeah. is it feasible? I've had a few thoughts whilst you've been it
0: talking. Is. And the first one is that when WordPress's um, marketplace, for the want of a better word, app, you know, plug directory came out, the 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 way that at the App Store on Apple, the Mac App Store and the Google Play Store, I would imagine that they've really refined quite well the the sort of The engine which delivers up what you're looking for and exactly what you said, Paul, you know, if there was some sort of onboarding where you got really specific about if you could be bothered to go through some sort of onboarding saying, look, this is the intent of my site. And then it's then it surfaced exactly what you wanted. Also, a slight concern about gaming the system um and i i don't know how gamed the system is on those uh, mobile app stores but i'm sure pretty that game. to some extent it is yeah pretty mm-hmm. gamed. you know people go in and and that would be a big concern right you've got some plugin that's very successful simply because it was able to marshal a bunch of robots to go and give it a five-star review so some mechanism to have a reassurance that really this is this is bona fide and genuine i do like the idea of onboarding and i also I would think you're exactly right, Paul. That anybody under the age of eighteen coming into WordPress will have an expectation that there's a paid element to it, and that this is just what it is. You can totally find free stuff and paid stuff, um, ad-supported. Everything stuff. else works. Yeah, that, doesn't yeah. It? You know.
1: Everything.
0: So that, that's just what those people have grown up with. Obviously it's not what i'm used to i some i feel a little bit of uh, i can feel some sort of rejection in me building up but i can also see that this might have some legs wow that's a neat topic god we could go on for ages do you mind if yeah. i move on though
1: no sure <laughs>
0: yeah okay um All right, so next one, this is fairly controversial. I've got no way of introducing this with the thing that I wanted to introduce it to because I'm in an incognito browser, Brave, and Brave will not allow me to open Facebook. (laughs) Uh, Don't matter what I do, whatever I switch off in Brave, it's like, no, don't view Facebook. Anyway, I put a post out this week in the WP Builds Facebook group, and I will link to it in the show notes. If you're listening to this on Tuesday or afterwards, um, where basically I said I answered, I asked this question, and this question was prompted because I I do this each week, and I follow the WordPress news pretty carefully. And it feels like the the acquisition news just seems to grow and grow and grow. You know, a couple of years ago there was a piece of acquisition news very infrequently. Now we seem to get them really rather a lot. And so I asked this question, open question, no answer unwelcome. Is the WordPress acquisition market too much? Does it bother you that company X is buying up all the things or is it just maturation of the WordPress ecosystem? Like I say, open question, go. And we got quite a few comments, uh, Twitter and the Facebook group and so on. Uh, And we even got two people who went off and wrote blog posts on the back of it describing their position and and it it came about because um i saw this one and i just thought this was an extraordinary story this is um ian Paulson's plugin which and ian's been on the podcast and and he he built something called uh plugin rank and he started it a really small amount of time ago so less than 12 months ago and during the last few weeks he's managed to sell it so he's he's gone from idea creation to acquisition all in a 12-month period. And it's actually a really cool plugin. What it does is really, really nice, but that isn't what I'm here to talk about. It's just the fact that it it happens so quickly. Ian really seems to have his finger on the pulse of um, of the whole acquisition market in WordPress because he's got a newsletter called WP Trends, which you can subscribe to, and it, it tells you all about what's coming up and what companies might be valued at. And I'm just not sure. Again, like in the last piece, something about me I don't know what it is. There's something about me which fears that the the onset of of, of kind of monopolies forming and anything that's decent on the WooCommerce side, say just plucking something out of thin air, WooCommerce, if you want a decent WooCommerce experience, all the decent stuff has been bought up and it's over there. And you'll have to you have to go with that hosting company or that big company. And if you want, oh, I don't know, if you want to uh, do list building or uh, something else, it's all over at this silo. And if you want to do an LMS, it's it's been bought up and all the good stuff is over here. So that's, that's my fear a little bit. But I also understand that, that creates room in the marketplace to, for other people to say, well, yeah, we've recognized that people find this a problem and we're just going to go and fork something or build something ourselves. So I'm really, I am on a seesaw and I go up and I go down and I go up and I go down and I don't know which side I'm going to fall on. So again, I've introduced the topic. I'm just going to say, go talk about it. What do you think?
3: So I have like, uh, so I think the answer here is yes. It's a problem, but it's not a problem. It's the normal life cycle of business. Um, I know so many developers who don't want to maintain something. They love to build it, they just want to get rid of it. Um, By handing it off to somebody else, it's more likely the plugin will be developed and create a more stable version of itself than relying on a developer who doesn't care about it anymore to try to maintain it. Um, So the plugin potentially has more life to it if it gets sold and it dies, it was going to die anyway because the mm-hmm. developer wasn't going to maintain it to begin with. And so then we had an unstable element. You know, it's, it's like leaving that last peach in the fridge that nobody's going to eat, but it's just going to make the rest of the vegetables rot. You know, it's, um, <sighs> It's one of those things that ha- happens, in the, but the differences and the beauty of it is that we're not building cell phones, we're not building cars, we're not building something that requires that ha- resource heavy investment, mm. it's an open source project. And every time a, say a host buys a plugin and does something with it that you don't like you just build a new one, you know, like, and it, it happens all the time. It's it's how open source has continued to grow and flourish, you know, throughout all of it. It's why we see Windows starting to embrace the open source idea, which is something I never thought I would see, you know, but it's because it has life to it. It's how we get our innovation. And generally like it, it is there, there is a time when it is, you know, you, you miss the thing that you had, or, you know, things are a little bit harder because you don't have that plugin that, you know, company X bought but the new one that comes out usually has problems fixed it has new technology behind it it's got a more stable system you know like so the innovation that comes from these acquisitions i think is what's going to drive the future of our industry it's what's always driven the future of our industry
0: Mm. yeah that's a and i seem to remember kate you dropping into that facebook group and making those very points (laughs) and making them really well um what about bernard or paul
1: Um, I mean, it's twofold. I mean, it depends. Uh, I always think about if it comes to plugins about forms, because that's like, uh, in the the beginning, there was just gravity forms, and then many, 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 more. And now we are, I don't know how many different form plugins there are. Uh, On the one hand, it makes it very difficult for a customer to decide which one to use. I mean, even as developers, sometimes, I don't know, I can't try them out all, and which one is the new shiny one, and which one is not, and whatever. Um, Then there is the question, do they get bought and continue to be worked on, or is it just buying out the competition? Yeah. So, yes, it opens room for it, but on the other hand, it's at one point might become difficult to establish a new brand because some of them are so big, so well-known that maybe people, I don't know, what, can you do new reforms and still there are, people out there building new form plugins quite successfully. So it's, I don't know, I'm, I think it's, I mean, WordPress has been there now for a very long time. I think part of it is a natural process because many more and more business entities are using WordPress. I think it's it has to do with more paying customers tend to pay more or be able to pay more for a single license like Pippin rose his prices to maybe cut to the higher people who can spend more on it. Because if you be honest, uh, if you build a decent site, you are quickly just buying a few plugins above a $1,000 per year if just for some basic WooCommerce functionality because every single part like shipping is over there and paying is over there. And so maybe it's not that bad to have some of those things come in, in in one package from one vendor to to get your suite of plugins which work well together and are tested together, and you can say okay, it's it's, it's a little bit more than a single solution, but you get a package for a little bit more. So because building stores at the currently it's not a, not cheap. I mean, everybody talks about open source, but it's not not really free anymore.
0: Yeah. Um just a couple of quick comments before we give Paul a chance peter ingersoll says like um <laughs> like most wp questions it depends yeah yeah it really does and um and paul is in agreement with kate i think um more people buy and sell their plugins but then he says hashtag vested interest uh, paul
2: uh yeah chris does have a vested interest and um he's uh somebody who's bought and sold a lot of plugins actually not not everybody knows that but he's um you know uh, serial entrepreneur and uh, does that kind of thing and i he was telling me just the other day he has launched a website actually called wpbroker.com that's the vested interest that chris has got wpbroker.com is like a wordpress acquisition plugin marketplace so if you've built a plugin and you're looking to sell which is a big uh mo- big thing that people are doing who do create plugins or for whatever reason whether the, you always wanted to do that or you're just tired you've had a tough couple of years and you know you don't you feel bad that the users even if there's only a few 100 they're reliant on the thing you created but you need to move on in life to other things um so dopey is chris's new thing there but as for the um The rest of the question, so I think uh, the acquisitions in general as news is starting to get, at least for me and probably I think for a lot of other people, a little bit boring to keep hearing about now. It's kind of like this company bought that company, they bought them, they bought them. And at first it was like, oh, oh my gosh, what's going on? But it feels that it's just already just the normal thing. And it's pretty much like what everyone else has said. That um, Let's say one of the big companies buys one of the form plugins. Someone else will release another one and uh and whether or not that company shuts it down or makes it a bigger thing so we've seen that in the forms i I can't remember which caldera forms shut down Mm -hmm. and then fluent forms which was already a, a a form plugin that had the benefit of hindsight of everything every other form plugin had done before it created itself and and improved on almost everything else saw that opportunity and offered all the Caldera lifetime deal people who had no longer got a deal and didn't get a good deal offered to them from Ninja Forms, offered them a good deal and created a migration tool because it's open source and they can do that. So I think in a way, like we can't control it. We could just keep looking at the things that we want to use and, and, and be diligent about the tools that we want to use. That goes back to the idea of this app store Imagine that this app store, that if you sold your thing on the app store, the terms and conditions protected the consumer in a way that none of us have ever been protected. So only the other week, there was a load of drama because ACF got acquired by Delicious (laughs) Brains and the the LTD lifetime deal customers were under a temporary impression they might not get their deals honoured, And that's happened all sorts of times over. What if that was impossible, that there was no need for a, plugin owner who bought something for whoever knows what I don't know if it's hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars right doesn't have to send an email to someone going um what do you think uh what do you think about this idea for like your customers and you're like no I don't want to think about my lifetime deal and reimagine it it's already a lifetime deal it doesn't really matter like what the scenario is but just thinking that there would be a way to standardize the protection of the customer, so that the the vendor and the customer always knew where they stood. Uh, that would be a good thing for me. Yeah, as to the news, I find it a idea. bit a bit repetitive now, and I'm I'm trying to not you know get triggered by it. i sometimes get triggered by it in a good way, or sometimes in a bad way. But either way, I'm just like meh. It happened. So and so bought them. Good luck.
0: Yeah good point i do want to give a little hat tip to um kev quirk because and there was like i said there was somebody else and i didn't get their article but just to sort of say well, good grief i don't think anybody's written an article well there were two this week but nobody's ever written an article on the strength of me writing something so uh i'm very very proud and felt quite uh, <laughs> quite pleased that you've done that so thank you kevin i'm much obliged that was very nice of you um OK, so as I said at the top of the show, we're going to try and in the future, we might be a bit more structured about this, but we're going to try and block the, the whole episode up into different sections. I think really that might have been called the business section. Uh, that's what Paul was imagining it might be called, core and business. Um and now we're going to just have a little bit of a chat about various bits of plug-in news. So I guess this could be called the plug-in section. What we need, Paul, is some swanky graphic that comes in with a bit of like and the music, music or something.
2: Oh. Uh, no,
0: we probably don't want that, but we'll we'll do it anyway because it'll be fun. But we're into the plug-in section and Paul's going to lead us through it all.
2: Well, yeah, I don't know if you want to bring up the first one on the screen. We'll it's uh, We were just talking about it. Fluent Forms has released their version 4.0 and they've made a... Uh, a blog post about that that you can read. And there's there's a number of things that are in this version of Fluent Forms, but the big headline, I think, is their conversational forms. So that's kind of like where your form is a bit like a chat bot. So you can you know you got the of, You can see it on the video there actually that Nathan is showing. We'll have to figure out Nathan. I know that we can play YouTube videos, can't we, through Streamyard somehow? But not today. Let's not. Let's not risk it. You've got to
0: be incredibly careful with copyright. Um, If we if we get more than a few seconds of like if there's some background music that we're not entitled to play then yeah we could be in bother but then again if it's if it's on YouTube it should be them getting into trouble not us recycling their their you know their parasitic content but um, anyway
2: if you're watching this at the moment rather than listening then you you'll be able to see a kind of preview of the YouTube video I'm talking about and Fluent Forms like I said has had the benefit of hindsight has been able to build an absolutely beautiful interface to build and manage your forms. Gravity Forms has jumped into action and created a a huge improvement on its own um, interface there. But the conversational forms is one of the big headlines there. And there is another thing that I spotted in their list of things, that you can now create forms that you can have embedded on a different website altogether. So I don't know how that works, whether it's gonna be an iframe or something like that, but you can create a form on one website and share it on another website, which is pretty cool if you think about the possibilities of things like um, online purchases via forms. One of the things they said in their list of stuff as well that they've done, they've made some improvements to the, the payment aspects of their forms. I think one of the things that Fluent Forms may not have at the moment is Stripe-based subscriptions, which I think Gravity Forms does have, but it does say in this blog post that they think that that is coming in the next version, so maybe perhaps 4.1. So I imagine that's going to come pretty quick, though, because it must have been a lot of work to go from, you know, 3.x to 4.x. So congratulations for I think they're also adding in, um, oh, sorry, Paul, I was just no, going to say on that great. point, really I think
0: good. they're adding in Molly as well. I think that's coming what is molly
2: uh, is that from New Zealand? it's like a
0: european payment processor so it's a bit yeah. like so you can connect all of your payment processors like stripe and um and okay. paypal and all these other ones into this one um system and uh it, it looks really good i was actually looking at it the other day but i got really bored when i got to this sign up now form and realized it was like oh really eight pages okay it's i've got to actually dig out details of companies and things like that you know they're doing it right but i I was just curious it looks really nice anyway molly so kate or bernard anything to share on this or feel free to just say no and we can move on to the next one it's up to
3: you
1: i I like using fluid forms
3: (laughs) I, i like the storytelling aspect of it you know the the possibility to continue a conversation um it looks pretty easy to like style which was nice um i don't always think of forms as being easy to style so those are those are some things i'm curious of me is also a bit why. So, you know, I am like it's something I want to look into more for the future.
0: Yeah, this this conversational forms, if you've ever used type form, basically it presents you, let's say you've got a form and there's eight questions. Typically, though, that form would display all eight questions, perhaps separated by, you know, you could fill out four of them and then click next and go on to the next four. This presents you with one question at a time. And the UI is it's everything is bigger, so the font size is bigger and there's a, there's a proceed button underneath every question and, and it just sort of brings it into focus. You answer that question, then it pushes it out of focus and the next one slides in or fades in or whatever you like and, um, and it just makes you do one thing at a time and it feels, it, it's kind of quite beguiling. It kind of feels like the whole process is a little bit easier. You can show some sort of visual demonstration of how much is left but it does feel less, less cumbersome you're just doing one thing at a time and you're only concentrating on one you can't see all the other things so nice distraction release guys.
1: free yeah
0: right it is very distraction free and but there is some sort of like little conceit you can see very much faded out under some sort of gradient you can see what the next question is and what the previous one but it's really out of view and you know it's, you can't quite read it but you know it's there somewhere so anyway good Good point. Think, uh, um, yeah.
2: Micro commitments is is one of the things that they talk about with these sort of forms. That if you saw a form with twelve fields and you're like, I'm not filling that out. Yep. I ain't got time for that. Whereas you saw one field and you're like, right. And you get you like one, two, three. You filled out four. You like four. Well, I've I've committed now. Yeah. I really yeah. 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 Think this time. Um, but then that you if you had. Stats on the forms, which I'm mad. I don't know if they've, they've built stats into this, but yeah, they if have, they yeah. haven't, it'd be great. Mm-hmm. That showed you at what question people were dropping off. You can oh, go, What are we going to do about that? You mm-hmm. could go, All right, after question four, first of all, let's reduce from 12 to eight. And then after question four, where everyone seems to drop off at five, put a little, Hey, you're almost there. Keep Ooh. going, <laughs> yeah. you know, just to keep keep people encouraged to keep going, and that's the thing you can do with some of those conversational forms. They can be used really badly as well, yeah. um, But if you, <laughs> if you if you're thinking about conversions, they are a good tool um, in the arsenal, sort of thing, yeah. to to use the things.
0: It's a bit like when you've been on the on hold on the phone to the bank for forty minutes. You can't not keep going because you know that you'll have to do that 40 minutes again. <laughs> I'm not hanging up. I'm staying up till midnight if <laughs> necessary because I've put in so much of my day into this already. Exactly. So anyway, really nice um, update. And um, what we got next, Paul? Oh, this is right in your wheelhouse, isn't it? Uh,
2: it is. Yeah. So, um, so the team uh, behind Beaver Builder have launched a plugin quite a while ago, actually called assistant and it's a productivity plugin really. I mean, if you build a lot of websites, it allows you to um, quickly manage the different pages that you've got within your site, the different templates, all those different things. It's not specific just to Beaver Builder, but it does work really, really well with Beaver Builder. And um, they've been rolling out um, a beta version to some uh, friends of the team, Uh, this pro version, which is basically like a cloud system. David Worms has done a video. If you just search on YouTube for David Worms, the Assistant Pro, or just search for David Worms, you'll find his video. And he's done a full kind of walkthrough of how it all works. Now, um, instead of playing the video, I also use Assistant Pro because I do freelance for Beaver Builder. And we use it in the team to move resources around. So, for instance, in the upcoming version of Beaver FEMA is uh, four new header templates and four new footer templates. And I've designed and built those, they're very, very simple. But in terms of how I get them to the people in the team, all the different people in the team that need to look at them for different reasons, I just put them in a library in Assistant Pro and then share them with the people via email that needs to be shared. And because they've got an account with Assistant, they can access those things. Now, the Pro version, from what I understand, um, allows you to share these different libraries. And you can have private libraries and public libraries. And I'm pretty sure that even if you only have the free version of Assistant, you can still get access to a library if it's a freely available library. So if David Wormsey wants to create some templates and he wants to make them free, he can share them with the world with, Assistant, with his Assistant Pro account. But anyone who's got the free version of Assistant can use that. Um, I know there's a lot of productivity plugins out there and I'm no way kind of biased. I mean, I technically probably should be biased towards Beaver Builder having a better tool because I do sort of work for them. But I've used a lot of the cloud-based template sharing plugins and some of them are really good, but this one totally has worked its way into my workflow specifically with Beaver Builder. Um, Not so much with any of my other stuff at the moment because it's still in beta and I'm not, you know, using it in that way. But I could actually quickly share my screen, Nathan, and show what it looks like. Feel free. I don't know if it's going to work, but let's just see if we can do that. Uh, Screen share. All right. Window. This one.
0: This is the best bit in the audio, by the way. This is the the nice, quiet, silent, meditative bit. I've got it. I'll add it to the stream. Right. Here it is.
2: Nice. Cool. Okay. So, first of all, this tab is the back end of Assistant Pro. This is like the cloud area where I've got all my different collections. And one of my libraries is this one here. It's just some templates that I've done that are launching with Assistant Pro, I think. And there are all the different templates there. There is the color scheme. So, you can save your color schemes and stuff like that. You can do, nice. they've got some plans for one click um, install of things. So, with this particular library here, It's a full site in Beaver Builder and Beaver Thema. It's got a header, a footer, a 404, a search results, a page template, a single post template, an archive view, a bunch of different landing page templates. And when you see it in Beaver Builder itself, uh, this is the, the site. But let's say I hadn't loaded this in yet. Then I could click on the little assistant thing here. And if this library had been shared with me, whether I'd been shared with it for free, or maybe I don't know in the future if they're planning to have it so people can actually sell, libraries so that's a way to deliver templates i can click on that and you can see there are all the elements there and i can click on a button to um, import all of them in one go and one of the other nice things that it does is it pulls in all the assets as well so a lot of the other templates i've used pull in the templates but the asset like a photo is still linked off somewhere else yeah so I think that there's a lot of plans in the future to expand this away from just templates and color schemes and that kind of stuff. But at the moment, I have to say, it works really, really well as, for us as a kind of internal team um, working within Beaver Builder. Uh, nice. Oh.
0: Paul's, um, hey, Paul Paul, Paul, that's so, that's so great. I yeah, can, can
1: sneak uh, in the pods better, huh? Hang Whoa. on, before you do that,
0: I've just got to explain for those people listening, Paul's actually completely removed himself from StreamYard. He, he made his own, uh, he made his video disappear off the, you know, his video of the screen, and then he's actually made himself disappear. I'm hoping that he'll be back. I'm sure he'll be back any moment. But yes, Bernard, now is the time to seize the opportunity and talk about pods. Go for it.
1: Yeah, well, luckily today there is the next beta release for, for, for POTS. So if you want to take a look, I, I shared the, the posting with you in the private chat and in the okay. file. Got it. So you can read up what's new for POTS 2.8. And well, today we released the third, third version of the beta. So come take a look, give us feedback. Especially the integration with Gutenberg is interesting and to be tested. And stuff like that because we moved all the widgets over to to blocks, and you get field groups and completely reworked it. And you have edit pod screen, so it's really, really a big release, which which uh, enables future features more easily because you know pods is, has been around for ages, and you collect some technical debt, and it's never easy to get rid of it. <laughs>
0: It looks, looks like a big release. There's absolutely both yeah, on it's, there, isn't with it?
1: absolutely a very, very big release and it, it makes possible for advanced features in, in the future like uh, repeatable fields, not only like our flexible relationship, but really as a repeatable field stored in the same, uh, same field and stuff like that, which is then in 2.9, uh, you got the, the option to build blocks yourself with some easy and a few lines of code so it's 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 well bringing pots into the future I don't know.
2: <laughs> well, yeah.
0: Yeah, thank you. Um, thank you for mentioning that. That looks good.
1: And it's 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 impressive what's going on in the back end and how much has been done to to get this step finally done. Yeah, with I should all the say- setbacks
0: Head over to head over to pods.io. Uh, this is Pods 2.8 Beta One. It's an announcement by Scott Kingsley Clark. Yeah, maybe. the Beta
1: One was released uh, already in February, but today we released the, the third version, so it's, it's it's already improved on it.
0: Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Um, Paul has just sent me a private message saying his browser has crashed. So no. Doubt <laughs> He'll probably be booting it up, but um, it's uh, Cameron saying Beaver Builder must have taken <laughs> stop
1: him
0: stopping releasing things. And then Max, hi Max as well. Uh, there's a React-based alternative to to Code Snippets called WP Code Box. I confess, I've not heard of that. If anybody's using it, um, that's that's a good suggestion by Max. Maybe go and look at that one. I'm probably going to take Paul's. Um, Will I, will I, will I? No, I think because Paul is supposed to be doing the sort of plug-in section, we've got two more, and he's done the research on those. So I'll skip his, and we'll come back to those toward the end if there's time. Um, I'm going to mention this piece instead. I don't know if you saw this portion, but um, Cloudways have partnered with Patchstack to – and Patchstack, by the way, is what used to be called WebArcs. Um, We've had Oliver from from WebArcs on a couple of times, but they've rebranded recently to PatchStack. And they formed a partnership such that all of the security benefits that a subscription to PatchStack might bring to you um, will be pre-installed on your Cloudways-based site. Um, It says here, you can see on the screen, I'm going to quote, the security company's features will be fully integrated into Cloudways to allow users to scan and automatically patch vulnerabilities in WordPress plugins and themes. But perhaps of more interest, there's a little bit further down, which says Cloudways aims to um, better the WordPress open source community by making websites more secure, which led to a natural partnership with with, um, Patchdack. Oh, here it is. Sorry, I'm on the wrong paragraph. Cloudways is releasing a WordPress command line interface WPCLI patch packages designed by patch stack that will be available to anyone as to use as open source. I don't exactly know how that's going to work, but presumably other hosting companies will be able to on some level make use of this. But because it's quite exciting and I happen to know both Oliver and uh, Robert Jacoby from Cloudways, I contacted them both last week and I've set up this live event, which is happening tomorrow. Um, It's Tuesday the 15th. It's 4.30 p.m. So it's about about an hour from now, tomorrow. um, And I'm just going to have Oliver and Robert on the line a bit like this and 15 minutes, 20 minutes, nice, quick in out, just explaining what it's all about, what the open source variety of it all means and so on. Um, I don't know if either of you have got anything to add about that, if you're Cloudways users and it pleases you, or if I should move on.
1: I'm not Cloudways users, but about the VPCLI integration, it's just a set of commandos, and you can extend VPCLI. You have the basics provided by WordPress, and every plugin can extend them. So they just provided a package of additional features related to patch stack. It's, it's hosted on, on, on GitHub, so like you can... Uh, well, validate stuff where the APIs can, where the APIs because uh, professional users partly move over to, to do WordPress maintenance, partly due to VPCLI commanders.
0: Um, Paul, whilst you were away, and I am going to cover up your face with this not with this little bit of information. I um it. I you know,
2: saw Beaver, that, yeah. Beaver
0: Builder must have taken him <laughs> out to shut him up. What what happened? I
2: said too much. <laughs> yeah, that's right.
0: That's what we thought. They actually somehow got in and broke your network. Did you They you just are treating me
2: really well? <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Lovely. But um you're back in the room and that's yeah. the main thing. Um on that story, just quickly, sorry um, to cover your face up, Paul. I had no idea WebArx rebranded. I saw the news and didn't think twice because I'd never heard of patch that Yeah, so there you go. It is WebArcs. Um it's exactly the same. They just literally changed their branding. So it's an exciting thing. Join us tomorrow, about this time, uh, roughly about forty five minutes after this. Oh no, four thirty, not four o'clock, four thirty, so about an hour and hour and a quarter from now. Uh, tomorrow, And I'll be chatting to Robert Jacobi and Oliver Sild all about it. That's quite nice. Right, Paul, because you mm-hmm. dropped out, we just skipped no, the worries. bits. But no, we're not going to skip them. We're just going to give you a chance to go back and um, all right. and mention okay. if you want.
2: Well, that's a security-related thing, isn't it, for Cloudways? So um, I'm as intrigued as uh, – what, what does that word mean? I'm as intrigued yeah. <laughs> as um, – as everybody else is what this is going to mean for cloudways as a cloudways user myself. So I don't know like where the patch stack integration will sit, but I imagine that's what you'll probably find out on this, um, on this interview. So I'm going to definitely watch that. Yeah. And, and also I'm wondering, like I saw in some of the Facebook groups, uh, some people wondering if this means that, uh, cloudways and, and malcare blog vault, are no longer partnered because we know that, um, any Cloudways users probably saw that uh, Malcare is providing like some bot level, pre- bot protection. But then again, I don't think that, I think that that's a different thing than the um, the firewall solution that PatchDAC has. So it might be that they're partnering, partnering with Malcare for specific intelligent bot protection, and then partnering with PatchDAC for um, a firewall, web application firewall, um, I like, I like uh, a patch stack. I've used it. I've got a lifetime deal with it that hopefully uh, lasts forever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh,
0: there, there we go. We, we're back we into <laughs> You said you were bored of acquisition debates. It's, it's not acquisition, is it? It's partnership. It's very different. Anyway, join us tomorrow. WPBuilds.com forward slash live in about yeah. an hour and a quarter. And Paul. You yeah, who knows, though, view... you know, it
2: could be an acquisition one day because, um, you know, you've got Robert Jacoby joining as the Cloudways director of WordPress, and then all these other big hosts are kind of acquiring, acquiring companies. I, I was wondering myself, well, is, is Cloudways the type of company that would acquire them because they're more of a panel? But um, I don't really know, but I was, was
0: thinking I might acquire Cloudways. Mm. Um, you know, just I've got a few quid lying yep. about, some loose change. Uh, (laughs) I don't know, actually. It's a good point. I mean, it it seems like a... It seems like partnerships are a good way to go here isn't it because you don't have to maintain that let the yeah, experts who yeah. are already really good at that stuff get on with it yeah. just sort of amalgamate your services but I don't know I don't know what the model is in the background I might ask those questions tomorrow you know is there money changing hands in the background that we don't know about is it based upon you know you click a button and so a proportion of the the fee that you pay each month then goes over to Patchdack if you enable their stuff or is it just always on by default I don't know I'll ask tomorrow and find out
2: well, you see, um, the thing is, I think uh, I think that Cloudways will do partnerships like this because um, the the cool thing is, in a way, is that if you acquire someone, then suddenly you, you've you've just taken their whole thing. Whereas if you partner with people, and no, Cloudways is is seems to be more interested on onboarding more customers for revenue than the other hosting companies who are like, we need to onboard customers to make us worth more. Uh, money or something so i could see cloudways just going around and partnering with every influential sort of company that is relevant to them and where it works and and getting all those kind of referrals as association maybe but the yeah the next one we were going to talk about was um siteground i think is that the next one yeah my entire browser shut down, so I lost it. It was me. I shut the browser down. Oh, for, <laughs> hang on. on on
0: over on the chat message here, Paul and I use Signal. It says browser crash.
2: That's it, not a crash, is it? Yeah, yeah. I've I've decided to fess up. It was really. <laughs> um, <least> me. honest. <laughs> user error. Yeah. Uh, so don't let me share screen again. That clearly, I clearly can't do that. <laughs> but S- SiteGround, um, mass- another massive hosting company, have uh, got a new plugin come out. Uh, called SG Security. They've also got another one called, I think it's probably called SG Performance or something like that. So if you are on the SiteGround um, system, then it probably makes sense that you're probably going to get your WordPress sites pre-installed with SG Security. And I think um, it's one of those sort of checkboxy type plugins that does a few different specific things that tend to be something that's really in your responsibility. So you've got kind of like the the host's security and that will go to a certain point and then you've got your kind of user choice stuff so do you want to do you want to use google two-factor authentication well that should be chosen by you because it's google and you're exposing your customers who use your or your it's your own website you're going to be sharing something with google so and then there's some other things like you know disabling the admin username and those kind of things and it's this this plugin is up, is affecting the application of WordPress and how it's used, as opposed to the server side security. I think it's a cool cool thing. Um, they seem to have checked off on their list of things that it deals with the the top things that people should do. And as a kind of onboarding experience for new customers, it probably gets pre-installed and helps someone understand that these are good practices that they should do with their website. So. I don't know if it works for other people, I don't know if you can use it if you're not using Siteground, but um and I don't see it as like Siteground trying to move into a security plugin. I see it as like a an add-on new bonus for Siteground customers. That's what I think it is anyway. It's already I'm got 5000 guess... users, look.
0: Yeah, I'm going to guess that it's not related to site ground specifically but i do not know because okay. it doesn't seem to mention that but it does do all the normal stuff you know like uh, login access two fa disable the admin user uh, and username limit <laughs> disable the admin user there's no more admins um limit login attempts um what else have you got lock and protect system folders hide wordpress version all and the list goes on uh, i'll link to it in the show notes but um we are so short of time um that i'm gonna have to move us on to the next thing we we i'm just going to be really quick if that's all right i do apologize the i just wanted to mention a deal that came my way this week this is um newsletter glue if you look at the wp builds newsletter if you subscribe to that this is the plugin that we've now started to use and leslie leslie um sim who is the plugin well what one of the plugin founders, there's her and another uh, gentleman, they they just reached out and said, there's a deal, uh, 15% off. So if you are keen to avail yourself of that, you use the code. I can't even remember, but it's on the WP Builds uh, deals page. So if you go to wpbuilds.com forward slash deals, you can see it on there, just search for newsletter glue. And so I wanted to be thankful. That was a nice thing that she did unsolicited. off, so go check it out. It's fabulous. It's really great. It's kind of, for me, it's what blocks were invented for. It's this totally, I didn't see blocks being used in this way, but as soon as you see it, you can drag in blocks, and you can say, put this block in the newsletter or in the post or in both. So you can make one post which handles the newsletter and the blog post content separately, but all in the same UI. It's absolutely lovely. 15% off and heralding a new section, which we've never done before. We're going to try this (laughs) pick of the week, pick of the week. I've got one. Paul's got one. Kate's got one. I don't know if Bernard's got one, but if Bernard hasn't got one, we'll just go with three. Mine is elephants.
3: Ta-da. You can share <laughs> yeah. that with Bernard. You can share yeah, that
0: with yeah. yeah, Bernard can have this one. Yeah, just...
1: yeah, I'll join in with you. That's a great one. Yeah, okay.
0: So this is the shared one, right? This is this is just totally nothing to do with WordPress. Probably the others haven't got anything to do with WordPress either. I I just couldn't stop staring at this photo. I do not know why. I'm not like Bernard. I don't have a great deal of interest in elephants. You know, it's not dominating my living room like it is for Bernard. But um, some drone just captured... This pack of elephants who've done this 500 mile uh, kilometer trek across China. And apparently um, this is somewhat unexpected. They don't usually do this. And so there's been a team of Chinese people who've been more or less like shepherding them, making sure that they don't hit obstacles that, you know, like a city or a town. They don't really know where they're trying to get to, but they're trying to make sure that they don't hit things which are going to cause them problems. And every so often, you know, they got to go to sleep, and then they set up the drones and take pictures of them. And I, I just look at it, isn't it? Look at that! Isn't that cool? Wouldn't you love to see that in real life? Just elephants. Oh, look at the kicking. little one in between the two. Yeah, that's, that's cute. But they, really they see, cute. it's like a jigsaw puzzle. They really do it seem is. to like lie down very much. Yeah, they're much totally
2: like protecting that little they're one. They're
0: lining they? up with each other, aren't they? Like, you know, the yeah. back, the, the trunk of one slips over the back of the other and the leg goes around. It's just delightful. Absolutely. It just restores your faith in, well, elephants, not humans. <laughs> um, but that was my pick of the week. Uh, should we go with yours next, Paul? What was yours?
2: Uh, mine is i'm really excited about the new masters of the universe he-man cartoon coming out on netflix so i need can...
0: to open it wait a sec I, I did have it open and then i appear to have shot it so i'll just quickly open it oh, i don't want to get rid of the elephants rules. but here we go yeah it's all right i'll mute it
2: there
0: we go, uh, there we yeah. go. it's muted anyway go on animation Tell us about this looks then.
2: really cool the animation looks really cool you've got to watch the trailer the, the trailer is really really um kind of exciting i, I would say And um, as someone who grew up with playing He-Man and watching the cartoon, I'm really excited (laughs) to see see uh, Masters of the Universe Revelation.
0: I was was totally into this as a kid. He-Man was the Mm. one that always raised his sword and went, I have the power. That was the one, right? By the power
2: (laughs) of
1: Greyskull. That's it. He-Man.
2: And it's back. (laughs) It's, it's back. It's a
1: blast from the past. My life is complete.
0: <laughs> My life is totally complete. So when's that coming out?
2: Uh, I don't know. Actually. Oh, is it July, maybe? I
1: think it's mm. July. Yeah.
3: yeah. Well, yeah. And I, I like that they kept kind of the feel of the original and yeah. just upgraded. Yeah. Like, it, it doesn't, it, it's just, it's amazing. So now Thundercats. Can I put in a vote to get Thundercats to come back? <laughs> yeah, okay. I'll,
0: I'll, I'll take that. Yeah. We'll, we'll go for that. Next time you're on. We'll we'll get, we'll, yeah, do we'll, the we'll,
2: we'll get it sorted for you. Don't worry. Yeah yeah yeah. yeah we'll make sure it happens. That's right. We're
3: influencers. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll
0: write to somebody. I'll write a letter, <laughs> greatly important and well worded letter, so somebody will sit up and take notice. I um, Have to say though, you know, ours the ours were nice, but Kate's is kind of cool because it's something mm. quite personal to her. Kate's is uh, Kate's is this one. It's over on Tree Hugger, which I confess I've never heard of Tree Hugger. Is this a site for, like, do-it-yourself projects, or what is this?
3: I'll be quite honest. I don't know. My okay. mom actually sent this to us. <laughs> nice. Um, but it is so many things that I just love about it. So it's a converted school bus that um, a design student had, I think, $10,000, and he built this all using donated or repurposed um, it repurposed materials, including the school bus, like the school bus was within his budget and I, it might've been 10,000, it might've been 30, I couldn't remember exactly, but um, part of what I really love about this is how he used the space. Um, School bus is can be feel really narrow, even if you're converting them, and this one doesn't. It's got you know designated different living spaces. The bathroom is actually tucked in behind the headboard of the bed. Oh, is
0: it just here? Just there's a little right. door just there. And
3: so, so that oh. you actually walk in there, but then the shower is like behind the bed, and so you can open the big back door, and if you're someplace private, and you can have all that airflow going through. There's a side door on this bus in particular, so that you know you can go in and out that way. Um, he's even got you can see a piano like tucked in under the dining area. Um, oh, so you yeah. can pull what? it out. What? Yeah, And then like between between the dining area and the bedroom area, there's an actual L-shaped sofa. You know, so I mean, for something that you're going to be living in, this has that amazing designated spaces where you can feel like you're moving through a house, but it's only 35 feet long. and so. It just you know the the what he was able to do in this space and the ideas he had it just it was really phenomenal and it kind of goes back to our idea of blocks, you know it's like taking living spaces and you know turning it into compartments or pods, if you will and um, it just it was just phenomenal to me yeah. what he was able to do
0: i um I look at this and this is right up my street I mean there's no way that <laughs> I could do that, but if somebody came to me and said you know, would you like the equivalent in money of what this costs or this thing? Every time I'd say, give me the thing, give me the, give me the converted <laughs> bus. Because I could just see like life being totally catas- catastrophically, that's entirely the wrong word, remarkably different. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, just getting out on the open road with something like this. My only concern would be when you buy a caravan, you know, like a typical, you mm-hmm. call them RVs, don't you? I think we, yeah. I don't know what we call them, but like a, a vehicle attached to a car basically um with living accommodation on the back. They always go for like lightweight materials, that everything's like super lightweight, like balsa wood and everything's you know hollow where it can be. This looks as though it'd be quite a weighty thing to drive around. You'd have to have good suspension looks probably like it's made of stone. Yeah yeah burn yeah. a lot of fuel yeah it's yeah. a bit
1: grey for Bernard yeah, isn't it's, it? It's Not colorful <laughs> enough Bernard. Yeah we need a well, splash afterwards. You could you could yeah
3: well, one of the great things with going with a school bus is they are designed to haul like, you know, loads of children, which we Got know it. are not heavy and love to jump and things, you know, so the suspension on them is great. Um yeah, I would give up anything and start renovating school buses any day. So look at um, it.
0: Look at it. It's properly cool. It's,
3: it's, yeah, it's it's, it's it's really unreal.
0: I think I think I'm gonna start a new podcast about converting buses. Look at that. That's so
2: that looks that like, looks like, like it's a shopping like, mall. That yeah. looks like it's, a
0: converted radiator. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. Oh, it's very nice. Look at mm. that. Like, piano pulls out. Very cool. I am if you get one of these. Kate, um, I fully expect that uh, you Tova come to Britain and drive have... around, and yeah,
2: yeah. Topher said you <laughs> would drive over to the UK already. He's already said, yeah. <laughs>
3: yeah, our current one is thirty feet long, and I haven't quite decided if I want to tackle trying to drive something that is thirty-five feet long. Like that's oh, that's... that's getting substantial. So yeah,
0: yeah. Wow. You, you over here, you need a spe- a separate kind of driving license. You'd have sadly to in the uh, US,
3: you do not. Any idiot oh. can get in one and just drive off. Oh, okay, <laughs> just,
0: okay. There's another good reason. To uh, move to America, the um, couple of things here. The to your point about He-Man, I remember all the toys being out of stocks says Chris Hughes uh, at the local Argos shop. Um, Max's pick of the week would be uh, Loki on Disney Plus. Can't Loki from like the Avengers? Him that mm-hmm. one? Okay. Oh, there's a TV series with him in. Yeah. Wow. I just don't watch. I don't watch enough telly. I think and- it's new. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's new. Okay. Okay. And. Chris, again, uh, YouTuber Fun for Louie did this with a school boss. You should watch his videos. Okay, Fun for Louie on YouTube. That's it. We're totally out of time. In fact, we've gone two minutes over. I do apologize for, uh, for our guests if you've been uh, delayed doing something. But we will be back uh, next week. We'll do it all again with some different guests. Please, Bernard and Kate, we'll get you back on at some point in the future. I hope you've had a nice time.
1: Yeah, it's Um, it's always so sad with you and so much talking and this this awful British accent. I know, and this gray and dark
0: and gray and dark. It's not good. (laughs) But, yeah, we now have this bit which we have every single week where I press the end button in StreamYard, and we have no idea how long it's going to take. We have to wave. We have to wave awkwardly. (laughs) I'll press the button and say bye. See you next week. Bye.